Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm Emma Cantor, Associate Children's Book Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with authors Susan and James Patterson about their new picture book, Cuddly Critters for Little Geniuses. The book is out now from Little Brown's Jimmy Patterson imprint, which is sponsoring this podcast. James Patterson is the creator of the Alex Cross, Michael Bennett, Women's Murder Club, and Maximum Ride series, among many other best-selling thrillers for adults. He also writes children's and YA novels, including the middle school series, and is the founder of the Jimmy Patterson imprint for young readers. His wife, Susan Patterson, received her Master of Fine Arts at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Her debut book, Big Words for Little Geniuses, written with James, was a bestseller. The couple's new book, Cuddly Critters for Little Geniuses, presents more than 50 lesser-known animals from around the globe, including a variety of flyers, swimmers, and crawlers. Thank you both for speaking with me. Okay, we're ready. Thanks. Susan, would you start us off by sharing the inspiration for this new book for Little Geniuses? Well, we know that everyone's child is a genius. <laughs> so that's kind of where we started last year with the big words. And so this is just sort of a, a foray into something else we all love, animals, and maybe not just your usual kitties puppies and horsies. Uh, these are some animals that you might not have heard of. And we tried to find, you know, ones that would illustrate beautifully and had some fun facts to go along with it. And we divided them into swimmers, flyers, and crawlers. So we had a little category there for all of our our animals. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we, that we wanted to accomplish is, you know, the world of picture books, you've got your uh, mommy loves you in the morning, mommy loves you in the afternoon, mommy loves you at night. And that's a good thing. And there are a lot of those, but it's a good thing because it's really important that kids feel that they're loved. Then you got the kind of jokey ones like um, the day the crayons came and painted the White House rainbow, copyright James Patterson, or the Rainbow White House, copyright James Patterson, because I'm going to use that later on, uh, the joking ones. And then this is different, uh, the Little Genius books, in that what we're trying to do here is to really elevate the imaginations of kids, their curiosity, even when they're little. They can, they can be, and, and, and also their love of learning, which is huge with me in terms of what I try to do with everything that I do to really make kids love books and to be curious about learning. I have, a, I have a show on PBS and it's all about that. It's all about, you know, getting kids to love learning and to, and to find it joyful and fun. And what was the selection process like in choosing the animals to showcase? We found a lot of animals that we loved and we sort of had trouble. We, you know, probably actually had more than we needed in the book. It was hard to, you know, eliminate some. So you know, it mostly came down to what would work illustration-wise and the ones that had sort of a cool, fun fact to go along with it, like, uh, you know, the wombat uh, makes cubes for poop and things like that, or the tar seer's eyes weigh more than its brain, you know, so a lot of little 
fun things like the blanket that. octopus the female is like six feet and the the male is like an inch by an inch so there's always fun facts for the kids to sort of wrap their heads around and the parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or you know and what kinds of research did you do any field research yeah, we went to Hawaii to sort of check out some. And then we went to Paris. Nice. There's so much available now on the Internet. You know, there's, there's really tons and tons of information. So it's very easy to research these days. And, and the sloth right off the bat was one of the favorites. So we decided to deserve the cover. And so we avoided having a brown sloth, which is mostly the color there. We decided to make it purple to make it more colorful and fun. So we had a lot of fun with it. With two picture book collaborations behind you, do you have any advice for collaborating couples? I, you know, I collaborate a lot, obviously, and my feeling, and this, you know, relates to the, the, the collaboration I just did with President Clinton. I, I think the first thing is that there's mutual respect, and there, there is Sue and I really adore each other, which is nice after 21 years. That's why we put the lovebirds in there. But part of it is mutual respect. And the second, you know, thing is that you listen. You, you actually listen as opposed to, to thinking that you have it figured out. And what about you, Susan? Any tips? Uh, marry a best-selling author. <laughs> have fun writing a book now. I don't know. No, it's been a great experience. I'd wanted to do this since I was in college. As you said, I, had a, I have a Master of Fine Arts from Wisconsin. And, you know, I, I actually ended up going into advertising but before that I had wanted to write children's books so this was kind of you know a circle coming around that I did eventually get to do that this has really been a joy and I, I'm big on getting kids to read so that's another bonus of it the little geniuses books also feature illustrations by Shimping Pan how much input did the two of you have as authors on the artwork if any I think she just really got it. Um, it was really easy to work with her. I mean, if I could have done it myself, it it wouldn't it couldn't have possibly been better. Uh, she really captured sort of you know the Matisse collage notion uh, that is fun and inviting and yet simple and graphic. I, th I think she's really talented. And all the little details that she added just you know really bring it up a notch. So I, I think she was, you know, perfect for this, this uh, book. James, can you talk a bit about your motivation for founding your own children's imprint at Hachette? Well, I just think it's usually important to, to get kids reading. And I think one of the things we're missing, especially in this era of where we're forcing, you know, kids to read a lot of things that aren't necessarily going to turn them on to reading, that that entertainment be a part of the equation. I have a book coming out in October, uh, Max Einstein, and I was approached, uh, or we were approached by the uh, Einstein estate, and they went to two other uh, imprints as well, and they gave us the name Max Einstein, and they said, what would you do? And the first thing I said, I, I said, I know this doesn't have to happen everywhere, but I think it's really useful if Max is a girl and so she's a 12 year old girl who's brilliant who has some mysterious connection to einstein and uh and the einstein estate was very smart and they said it's really important that we around the world get kids aware of einstein and his theories but if it isn't entertaining kids aren't going to read the book 
And I think that's huge in terms of for teachers and librarians and any and parents who want their kids to read, entertainment is a piece of the puzzle. And does your approach vary at all when writing for a younger age group? Well, sure. Every book is its own thing. I mean, I Funny, you know, created its own problems. This is a that series is about a, a kid who has a dream. He wants to be a stand-up comedian. So, I'm not big on lessons for kids, but you know, if you want something bad enough, you really have to work at it. So he studies every comedian that he can get his hands on. Then he starts writing his own material. And one of the big twists in the series is he can never be a stand-up comedian because he's in a wheelchair. And that's handled, I think, sensitively, but it also shows the power of comedy and humor to get us over some of the things in life, you know, the difficult things in life. And Susan, as a relatively new author, what have been some of the surprises you've encountered in the publishing process? Well, I I have been sort of around it for a long time. (laughs) Uh, out on the wings, but uh, I, I mean, I don't think there were any real surprises. I I think it was a pretty smooth process, and everybody here that um, we worked with has really been terrific. And what has the response been to the previous book in the series? You know, we've got a, a lot of positive responses to that. You know, where you know from people we may not have expected it, and people are still coming up to us and saying you know, how much fun they've had because they didn't, you know, the parents didn't know the word either. And it's been so much fun for the kids to listen to their parents mispronounce it or, you know, play games with who knows this word or that. And and a lot of compliments on the illustrations as well. James, you mentioned earlier your passion for literacy. Could you talk a bit about some recent initiatives? Well, as I said, the Einstein was a huge thing. Jimmy Books is. I mean, uh, the the mission of Jimmy Books is that when a kid finishes a Jimmy book, they'll say, please give me another book, as opposed to, I don't like books I don't like to read, which is huge. It's a very simple mission, but I think it's a necessary one. I think the most exciting thing that we're doing, and Sue is involved in this too, the percentage of kids reading at grade level in Florida is currently 43%. And actually, no, no state does all that well. Number one is Massachusetts at 62%. We're working with the University of Florida. They've been testing a program, and they have it up into the mid-80s. So we went to the state legislature in April, and they looked at our stats, and they gave us two counties, and they said, you don't have to deliver 80s, but if you can deliver good numbers, uh, we will take this across the state. And if we do, Florida will be the number one state in terms of kids reading at grade level. And that's a win, 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 win. It's a win for the kids who are going to be better readers. It will literally save lives. It's a win for the teachers because it's going to help them to be even better teachers. It's a win for the legislators because they're going to be the ones taking bows for it. So it's a, if, we can, if we can do it, it'll be probably the most important thing I've ever done. So that's huge. Before we wrap things up, Susan, can you tell us if there are any plans for future books in the series? Thank you for asking, because I hope there is another one to the series, or something else, or both. And you, James, do you have any other solo children's books on the horizon? Well, yeah, Max Einstein in October, that's the big one that's coming. And we're going to do another YA next year, Crazy House, the second one of those. On the imprint, uh, Girls of Paper and Fire is really, a ter- I didn't write that. It's a terrific book, though, that we're putting out in November. November, yeah. I think it just got to actually start review uh, from, from PW. It did. 
Congratulations to both of you on the new book, and thank you for speaking with me. Thank you. Thanks so much. Once again, I've been speaking with Susan and James Patterson, whose new book, Cuddly Critters for Little Geniuses, is out now from Little Brown. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast. <laughs> <laughs>